Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's eight minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. Winter has arrived. It's a little bit chilly outside. I must have just come from the Santa Convention Center from a launch and uh, walking outside, you almost feel that you are somewhere in Europe in winter because there's a very, very cold breeze blowing. And uh, then the typical challenge, you get inside and it's nice and warm. But uh, that's just the way winter work, work works. So it's a different season. It's a change of season. It's opportunity for those of you who have a, a different wardrobe to break it out. But it's also an opportunity to embrace new things, different things as the different seasons come in. I know for me the biggest challenge is to get out and start running at 5 o'clock in the morning when it's it's really, really cold. And uh, not only that, you leave in the cold and in, in the wind, the dark, and you come back in the dark. But I'm sure in two weeks' time, that's something that we'll just get used to. But today, we have a very exciting lineup, and it's slightly different from our normal topics. Uh, we do need to discuss macroeconomic uh, um, issues, and we will be doing that with Wayne McCurry next week. But for today, we're going to be discussing a business that is slightly different to the normal business that one would discuss over here, just because it relates to our four-legged friends, to our animal friends, rather than to ourselves. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome Johan van Jarsveld onto the show. Johan, welcome to Chai FM. Hi, Alvin. Thank you very much for welcoming me. Johan, are you sitting... Great. Are you sitting in Grafenet? I'm sitting in Grafenet, and even here it's starting to get quite cold. (laughs) And um, I'm sitting in a jersey, and even though typically people are aware that Hoffnet can get extremely hot, um, it does get extremely cold as well. Especially so, yeah, at night. We're also going for a jog in the dark and coming home in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Johan, how do you have a business that makes animal feed in Hoffnet? I understand it's a sheep farming area, but uh, pet nutrition in Hoffnet, how did that work? Um, I think it's, it's basically being at the right place at the right time. Um, we didn't, as a family, open the, the business in Grafenet with the plan to, to, to be here. Um, we, as a family, we are from the Eastern Cape, and yes, that's the region we know, and that's where we are comfortable with living. But um, my father acquired the company out of the insolvent estate um, back in 2000. And this is where the company was based, where the, the manufacturing plant was based. And at that time, it was predominantly uh, animal feed um, mill, producing feed for, for mostly the sheep and ostrich industries. Right. So for that, it was definitely based at 100% the correct space or the correct area in the country. Um, my father then developed the brand Montego using um, the expertise and, and the contact that was built up through the, the animal industry. He was an employee at the company. And yes, the rest is history. Uh, the company has grown to the extent that to move it now would be probably impossible. And I think for us as a, as a family and for, for our 400 staff members to move to a city, would be extreme adaptation uh, that we would have to make. Uh, we we are country country people, and we we used to 
this life that we have here, which is, I think, quite privileged. I agree with you there. And, and, and more, more than that, if you're employing 400 people in Graaflanet, that makes you a major employer in that area. Am I right? Yes, I, I do believe that currently we are the largest employer uh, in the area. Uh, last year, I think it was still the municipality, but in the last um, 12 months, our staff at DMC grew quite a bit where we employed, uh, if I remember correctly, about 83 extra individuals. Um, so yes, we've, we've gone through quite a growth, especially on, on staff levels or staff numbers in the last last year. And, um, yeah, I think from that point of view, we are important business in Groflinet and our employees are also important because they are earning and they are obviously then spending in the community as well. You know, Johanna, I just wish that you were in studio because we could talk for two hours. You know, it's, it's a passion of mine. You know, it's, it's small <laughs> businesses like this that have grown, that have, that have become almost the lifeblood of a community because you don't employ 400 people. You pay salaries to 400 people who then support at least three people each. So your company is giving livelihood to over a thousand people, I would surmise. And that I think is a conservative figure. But before we get all emotional and get it carried away on that side, let's come back to, to hardcore business. You're in a rough, in a tough industry. There's a lot of competition. Um, there's some big companies, some listed companies that, that play in a similar field, but yet you guys have grown. Not only have you, have you grown, but you've gone into companies by uh, countries like Botswana, which is established beef producing um, country it's a country with a good infrastructure with a good set of laws you've gone to the UAE um, everybody sort of wants to get into that mass Arab market um, but all you need to do is to go into YouTube and see how efficient and proficient and professional they are if you just take dairy farming for example in the middle of the desert and how they do it and they use a lot of Australian expertise etc etc how did you break out of Grafrenet and go across the borders. Yes, it's 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 been quite a exciting ride. Um, we've only been, you know, the company was established as I said earlier in, in two thousand, and um, we've been we've been quite blessed with the uh, the growth that we've had. And I would say, firstly, that uh, you know it was a good timing um, as to when we entered the market and. Our philosophy has and still is and will always be to provide high-quality products at lower prices. And, you know, being a local manufacturer, we are able to do that. We don't have the import costs. We don't have the shipping costs that, that some would have. And being established in Africa, we actually just came back from the largest pet expo or pet exhibition trade fair in the world, uh, which takes place every second year in Nuremberg in Germany. And as a company, we were privileged enough to, to exhibit at this exhibition for the first time. And there's around 3,000 marketing stalls from various role players in the pet industry at this expo. But I would say roughly around 400 different brands of pet food. And it's interesting to see that, that we were the only pet producer from Africa exhibiting, and um, I think we were only, the only uh, pet food ex- uh, producer exhibiting in history. 
And that's also, you know, which helps us to, to grow into the, the neighboring countries and to grow into Africa is, firstly, we are a sole role player there. But secondly, worldwide, we can see a move where, where people are going back to, I think, the basics, but also going, moving away from the large corporate companies and going more into buying local and buying from from unlisted or family businesses. You can see that with the craft movements, craft beer, craft gym. You know, there, there's quite a few environments where that happens. A hundred percent. But, Johan, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking for pet food, um, well, the first thing I'm really looking for is, is for quality. Um, if I know you and I know it's a little bit better, I might pay a little bit of a premium for it. But ultimately, you know, that horrible expression in business that loyalty is priced deep. You know, ultimately, people just want to get the best bang for their buck. The, the thing that I, that I, that what I'd like to ask you is that you're manufacturing out of Crafronet. You said your logistical costs are very low, but there's not much in, as raw material available for you in Crafronet. So that all has to be brought in. Doesn't that pull, put up your input cost? It's, it does, yes. I, I would have to agree with that. But at the same time, we are positioned... Many people think that Bloemfontein is in the center of the country, but actually Crofnet is. <laughs> <laughs> so we are positioned roughly halfway between our two main markets, obviously being... Uh, Johannesburg, Victoria, and then Cape Town. Right. So for us, yes, we are positioned in an area where we're not on the doorstep of one of our main markets, but we are smack bang in the middle of it. So for us to, to transport to those two mass markets uh, costs the same. We are not very far from a harbor. Port Elizabeth is only 260 kilometers away. Right. So all our imports come through Port Elizabeth. And then our biggest advantage is that there are many loads of transport coming down this way, but not that many going back. So we are on a, a good ne- negotiating leg with our transport up to Cape Town, up to Durban, and up to Johannesburg. I was wondering means, how that worked. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So everyone wants to load back. Yes. And that is then where it's extremely beneficial for us. Um, also, the way that we do our business and being a family business, it's possible. Um, we've got a very short business chain from from us as the manufacturer. Um, our product goes to our warehouses. We've got 16 warehouses across the country, which 14 of them exclusively only distribute and deliver our products. And from then, it goes directly to the pet stores and, and the trade where you as the in both the public are able to buy our product. So our, our chain is very short, giving us a advantage there in, again, offering the quality that we offer at lower prices. Let, let's let's get down to, to the nitty-gritty. Um, we know that Montego is a pet nutrition business, but what do you guys actually manufacture? What are your product lines? The product itself? Yes. Um, well, through the years, our, we, we launched and we established uh, our main product, which is still today our main product called Montego Classic Adult. And it's still the largest um, portion of our, our um, production and our sales. Is that dog and food? That's dog food. So, right. yes, we manufactured dog food and cat food. Um, 
We only the manufacturing that we do ourselves is dry dog food. So it is a extruded, complete and balanced meal. And we we offer products of a various range of so South Africa in South Africa the, the pet food market is basically categorized into different categories, mostly derived from protein levels and fat levels or the energy that animal can get. Okay. So we have the the grocery level or economy, then we have premium, we have super premium, and then the latest craze is what we would call ultra premium, which is typically now that you get it's a high meat content, our product called Field and Forest is a sixty percent meat content and no grain. So it doesn't contain any grains. It contains 60% meat and then vegetables and fruits um, like apple, mint, oregano, pea, pumpkin, even cranberries um, is included in that product. So, yes, to answer it in short, we do manufacture dry dog and cat food, and we offer ranges from economy to ultra-premium. Johan, if you don't mind, we just need to quickly run to the shops, take an advert or two. We'll be back with you in a moment. She's high. She's high. High FM. There are so many different Jewish holidays to remember, but they're all the same, really. It's easy. They try to destroy us. We won. Let's eat. <laughs> so, for the easiest way to get the best meat products, go to koshermeat.co.za. Spoil yourself. Meat at Nussbones. Did you see what I did there? Meat at Nussbones. Very clever. <laughs> Abby on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. Hi, FM. Welcome back to 101.9. Hi, FM. It's 21, nearly 22 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us if you've just joined us. And thanks for staying with us if you've been on the line or listening in your, in your car for the last while. On the line is Johan van Jasveld, who is the CEO of Montego Pet Nutrition, a pet nutrition manufacturer out in, in Grafenet. Johan, from what you've told me, it's not out in Grafenet. Grafenet's actually in the middle of the country. I'm trying to picture that in my mind, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Johan, just coming back to, to a, a, a practical point that you, you made before that you've now got a pet food that's 60% um, meat content and then fruit and vegetable is, is the balance. So there's very little or no grain in it. Two, two things that I'd like to ask. Number one, um, is there an expiry date on dog food or cat food, dry food? Yes, there most definitely is. It, it does contain uh, um, food ingredients, obviously, and there's an expiry on that. Um, so typically, um, some of our press, or most of our press, have a eight months shelf life but because this latest product which we are talking about now has specifically been developed also for exports um, there we have a longer shelf life of 18 months if it's basically protein it's obviously dehydrated and how do you get it to last so long without going off well it is a, a cooked product okay it's always difficult to understand you know even if you if you cook a piece of meat at home it won't just last that long. But obviously we use antioxidants, we use mold inhibitors, and it is a extruded product. So it goes through the same process as breakfast cereals or, you know, meat mix, cheese mix, those type of products. Um, it is cooked and we do add antioxidants. 
So in a, in a product like the Fusion Forest, we use all natural ingredients. So their products like cranberry, like flaxseed, etc., would be your, your antioxidants and your preservatives that we use. Okay, Johan, we're now hitting in that, that stage where I start getting a bit edgy because the interview's coming to an end and I've got a lot of questions that I want to ask and I see the SMSs are coming through thick and fast. But one SMS that's come through, it sounds a bit weird, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Um, does pet food need to be fit for human consumption? From a quality perspective, yes, it does. Because you could have children... I know I ate as a as a youngster. I ate a few kibbles every now and then. To be honest, I still eat dog food. Um, whenever I'm in, on the production floor line, when I'm in, on the production line, I'll taste our products. Or mind, how how can I sell something that I'm not willing to eat myself? So it needs to be fit for human consumption, but it is not. And this is the important part that must be remembered. It is not formulated for human consumption. Right. So, to be honest, I can eat a bowl of dog food every day for quite a long time, but, you know, I I would not expect to to get into bad health, but there will be some repercussions from that. I also can't eat a bowl of cereal every day for my whole life because that's not, uh, you know, how we've been built to, to eat. So, yes, um, the product needs to be fit for human consumption. In other words, safe for a human to eat because sometimes humans could eat it, for example, toddlers. Right. But um, it's not formulated for humans, so it's not a complete and balanced meal for a human to eat. You know, I saw that question come through and I thought, should I, shouldn't I ask it? How should I formulate it? But obviously <laughs> it was a relevant question. Just two more things I quickly want to get through. The one is, talk to me quickly about your future expansion plans with the brand called Vuma or Wuma. What's that all about? Yeah, so Vuma is a, is a brand quite similar to Montego. It's been developed also as a family business by the current owner called Hendrik Schumann. And... Um, they were founded in 2005, and we've always valued Vuma as a, a, a worthy competitor in the market. Lately, we, we learned that um, there are plans for retirement on that side, and we wanted to grow our basket. At the end of the day, we are competing against multinationals, and if a brand like Vuma would um, end or cease to exist, um, then that would be for our local industry and obviously for us as well to to expand our our offering to our retailers that made sense and yes we and Henry from Vuma got together we negotiated and from the 1st of June Vuma will be known as a as a Montego product we will not change any formulations we will not change any recipes we will even not for the time being change any packaging but it will be distributed and manufactured by Montego. Um, Add a product to your product line, it's just really adding value. Yes, it's adding value and, and, and increasing our basket that we would offer to our, firstly, our retailers and secondly, to, to the public. Um, so it's a volume And Just before I let you go, just a practical thing. You are in a relatively small town. 
Um, you've currently got a, a, a shortage of water. Electricity, I'm sure, has its issues also. You're running a big manufacturing plant that has machinery that can't have downtime. You can't have a stop of flow of water and you can't have a, a cut in electricity supply because that'll cause chaos. How do you manage those two variables in your business? Um, if I can really give you an honest answer, I would uh, say we pray. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I said, I said, Africa could have, could have appreciate that. I'm sure someone overseas is listening to us that would think that is a strange answer. Yeah, that's a straight answer. We pray. We get on our knees and we pray. And the second one is, um, we do have partners in the industry. That's the lovely thing about South Africa. You know, you get companies that can work together and compete together. So should we ever be in a, in a pickle where we are low on production or we, we do sit in a position where we need supply, we can easily pick up the phone and contact one of our competitors and I'm sure we will get someone to manufacture for us. Uh, we've done that in the past where one of our competitors was in a pickle and we quickly did the manufacturing run for them. So the industry is small, but firstly and foremost, we are all South African and that's a great thing. You know, a blue market plan and also neighbors look after each other. I think that's the important thing. And from what I'm hearing from you, Montego is here to stay. The Van Yarfeld family is here to stay. And you look forward to a bright future in this country? Definitely. Um, we, we've been made offers uh, from, from large corporates to acquire our business, and we've turned them all down. Um, we are we are South African. We want to stay here. We want to live here. We want to grow our business here. Uh, just coming back from the largest expo in the world, I can tell you that Africa is in a good position to compete. And um, why would we give that all away? Fantastic. Johan, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you for coming on the line. Um, I don't think you'll be wearing much more than a jersey going forward, but uh, best of luck, and I look forward to speaking to you in the future. Yes, thank you for the opportunity, and I hope uh, you keep well, and your pets will be well looked after this winter. Great, thank you. That was Johan von um, von Jasveld, who is the CEO of Montego Pet Nutrition. They've just taken over Vuma also. Really, really interesting company to speak to. Let's take a quick break while we line up our next guest. Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9. Welcome back to 101.9. Hi, FM is 12.33. That is 27 minutes to 1. Thank you so much for joining us and staying with us if you've been with us. But right now, we are going to speak to somebody who, you know, deals with the, the less pleasant side of coming back from a trip, the less pleasant side of coming back from a holiday. And it is, I think, a unique South African nightmare that you come home, you get fetched or you catch Uber or you get in the car and you come home and you get robbed as you get to your house or you get robbed as you arrive at the hotel. Jared Higgins, welcome to Chai FM. Hi, Abby. Thanks uh, very much for having me. Great. Pleasure. Jared, you've got a particular challenging um, job and business because you're dealing with trauma, you're dealing with something that's not so pleasant. I suppose it could be pleasant if you prevent it, but maybe just give us a bit of a background. We, we hear about it, we talk about it. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody that it's happened to. What is the South African disease that we're dealing with? So I think that obviously everybody's aware of the blight that faced uh, South Africa, particularly Johannesburg in the, in the past several months, and that's been uh, you know, follow home or airport robberies. 
uh, you know, whereby uh, individuals, families, business travelers have been uh, potentially targeted as they've arrived at the airport. Uh, they've then been followed home, and as you quite rightly mentioned, have been then sort of, you know, assaulted and or robbed outside a hotel or outside their residence. Uh, and, and I think that I think that it's, it's, towards the end of last year, you know, there was a lot of fanfare around, um, you know, some of these syndicates having been broken. I think that that, that ultimately that may have happened, but but equally so, you know, how do you determine how big a syndicate is? And and, and it does take some time for them to recruit. And I think that that's potentially why we're seeing, um, you know, a spike in in airport robberies again. Um, you know, I think if you if you look at some of the information that's provided by the insurance companies, particularly, you know, four to six incidents are reported a week of of um, you know travellers that have been targeted from the airport. Let's let's look at it from a positive angle. How do you guys fit into it? You're obviously not here just to tell me the bad news story. Your your company is obviously involved in the prevention. How do you guys operate? So um, I think that a lot of it comes down to three different aspects. One, it's information and awareness. Two, it's education. And three is a number of preventative measures through uh, aspects like training. So, so Secure Drive offers a you know, secure transportation service. Uh, the, the challenge is always going to be that it needs to be pre-booked. Unfortunately, uh, you know, the facilities like Uber... Are, are convenient, but, but when it comes down to providing trained personnel, you know, the resources are, are obviously going to be slimmer and, and less available. Um, you know, there are a number of proactive measures that we use, um, you know, from training our drivers, uh, from first aid to advanced driver training to hijack prevention, all the way down to tracking our vehicles proactively. Um, you know, and I think that What's important is, is, is situational awareness. People need to be aware of their surroundings, and, and that includes travelers themselves. You know, when you're arriving at the airport or whether it's in a shopping mall, um, you know, there is a personal responsibility from an perspective to, to maintain their situational awareness. You know, Jared, I'm sure you would know, and I'm sure you've been asked. Um, I don't remember the name of the movie, but there is that... That it's a real skit and donna, but where a a chap's daughter goes to Paris and she gets stolen. Is it called Taken or Stolen? Yes, yes indeed. And uh, th- that is, you know, as as a parent, uh, I must say I enjoy watching the end part because you know it ends well. But that's an absolute chilling thought that your child goes somewhere and they literally disappear. Let, let's be a little bit more. Relax about the thing. Um, my daughter and a couple of friends are all in high school going down to Cape Town in December and they're going to catch a, 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 an Uber from the airport to wherever they're going. And as a neurotic parent, I say that's not happening. I call you. How do you add value? So first of all, uh, you know, the vetting procedures with all of our staff is, is a pretty intense process. Uh, you know, it, it, it ranges from, you know, physical workplace assessments to psychometric evaluations to fingerprint analysis where we do criminal and background checks on our staff. Uh, you know, so, so one assurance that you'll get is the people that we provide you have been severely vetted by the organization. Okay. Uh, you know, we will provide you with details of the driver. We will provide you with a photograph. We will provide you with all the contact information of all the back-end staff that are supporting the trip. Uh, in fact, we send you it's a, it's a, it's a document called a trip brief. We provide you with all the emergency contact details and information. And you have a dedicated transport coordinator or journey manager that manages your trip. 
Uh, it's supported by a 24-hour control center. So, you know, our control center operators reach out to the drivers to make sure that they're on site. We monitor your flight to ensure that your flight arrives on time. And that information is shared throughout. Uh, you know, we create groups of communication between the drivers, the travelers, our control center operators, and our journey managers so that everybody's aware of what's happening. Uh, and, and, and the flow of information is consistent. Uh, we then in turn provide, in your case, you know, father, we would say, you know, dad, your daughter's arrived at the airport, we've picked her up, we've dropped off at the hotel, so that you have this peace of mind that you know exactly where she is. Okay, uh, I, 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 I must say, I, I was a bit of a long shot that I didn't think, you know, you might do that um, on, on a smaller scale, but it's very encouraging to know. Um, you know, we in the Jewish community, we've got a festival coming up now. It's in the evening. There's a lot of walking. And our parents are paranoid about their children walking around at night. Uh, and it's a real concern here in South Africa. I'm very comforted having spoken to you that there's actually a solution for ch- our children traveling locally. But, Joan, if you wouldn't mind just hanging on the line, we need to run to the shops quickly. We'll be back with you in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 18 minutes to, tw- to 1 o'clock. Thank you for so much for staying with us. And if you've just joined us, we're speaking to Jared Higgins um, from a CEO of a company called Secure Drive. They basically, from what we have understood from Jared so far, make sure that people traveling mainly by air are collected at the airport in a secure, safe environment so you know who's collecting them, you know where they're being dropped off. And that is to prevent, unfortunately, the scourge, as Jared called it, happening, which is that people get robbed from, on the, you know, from, the, from the airport. It, it, it initiates, and then when they reach the destination, they, they, get, they get robbed. Jared, are you still with me there? Yes, absolutely. Great. Jared, I think a, a textbook scenario would be um, you and I are hosting a guest from overseas, um, and we just want to make sure that that guest arrives and that everything's good and that he doesn't or she doesn't have a negative experience. But I would like to meet the guest at the airport. Could I coordinate that with you, that I'll meet you at the airport or will you take me to the airport, let me meet my guest and then chauffeur me to where we want to go? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've done that in the past, particularly with some of our corporate clients where you know, an incoming executive would be traveling to South Africa or Johannesburg, uh, and, and sort of the country manager here would want to be at the airport. And there's, there's two options. One, that the, the country manager himself would then drive to the airport, and we would coordinate with him for an arrival, meet and greet, or they happily could jump in the vehicle with us, and we would take them through to the airport and then transfer them back to either the hotel or to, or to the commercial residence. Um, something maybe a little bit more homely and family. Um, I go away with my family. I come back um, from holiday. If it's a very short trip, I actually often leave my car at the airport. I find it quite cost-effective. But I am worried because, especially in international flight, you get off, you're exhausted, you, you're not sharp, you're not looking around. All you really want to do is just get to the shower and either get back to the office or you know just get out of your, the clothes that you've been flying in. Do you have an escort service where I'm using my own car? We do. Uh, you know, we have an executive support unit uh, which provides uh, an escort service. Um, it's, it's great. It's, it's a visibly marked vehicle. Uh, same level of candidates that are trained that are driving those vehicles, and and with pleasure. I mean, uh, you know, we do it on on 
scenarios where there's particularly larger buses that are being used where our staff don't drive the buses or the buses that we hire come with, with drivers. Fair um, enough. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's often. often. Um, I, I'm, I'm just thinking, and actually a question has just come through um, about people being transported from one place to another place. So I think what they're assuming is that let's say we have a, a whole lot of guests coming out and we're going to take them to a restaurant around the corner and they're in a minivan and then from there we're going to go to, I don't know, the apartheid museum and then from there we're going to go to Stanton for supper. But we, we're concerned because the bottom line is they look like they just fell out of New York and they, you know, they attract attention. Would you guys assist with that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, so Secure Drive is part of a bigger group, uh, which is the Arcfire group that provides a number of risk consulting and protective services. Uh, you know, so the range of, of security support options and solutions are available from providing a driver right up to, you know, providing a team, you know, operating in, in northern Nigeria, for example. Okay, thank you for that, but I don't think I'll be taking you up on that option. I'm, I'm just happy that it's available. Um, Jane, I, I know it's it's putting you on the spot, but just from a price point of view, if I had to fly down to Cape Town and I, I, I don't know, I was carrying samples or I'm a jeweler, I'm, I'm a jewelry rep and I've got a whole lot of stuff on me and it's always my paranoia walking from the airport to the car rental, to the car, driving out and I always go to the same hotel and I don't want to do that. I just want you guys to fetch me from the airport and take me to Seapoint. What are we looking at a, at a cost for that? Uh, it's a tough one to ask because I think that it's based on probability of risk. Okay. Uh, you know, so, so providing a, a car driver, whether it's a security driver or not, might not necessarily be the right solution for you. It, might, it, it certainly is going to be subject to how much information has been passed out how much information is public knowledge, the value of the goods that you're traveling with, how much of a target you would become. Uh, you know, so, and again, from a secure drive point of view, the costs differentiate based on the vehicle type. You know, so if you say to me, Jared, I want to get fetched from the airport and taken to a hotel, but I want to drive an S-Class Mercedes, the cost is going to be significantly higher than if it was in a Toyota Corolla. Fair enough. Uh, and very often our customers look at, the skill set and the service that's being provided, not necessarily the comfort of the vehicle that's being used. Correct. So you have your high-end executives that, that have a preference. But for the majority, people are happy to pay for the skill set and the service rather than the vehicle. Jared, we, we're out of time. But as a parent, I'm very comfortable that I've had this interview because I know that you know next time my kids are traveling, a whole lot of girls going somewhere, this, this is an option and as you said we're not looking for a stretch limo I'm just looking to make sure that someone that I can rely on and is trustworthy will fetch them and deposit them where they're meant to go um, and then obviously anything up from there you know friends of mine people that I know who are traveling who want to be either chauffeured within a safe environment or are concerned or you've got a whole lot of family coming in for a wedding and you're just worried that, you know, they're going to walk out the airport with these sirens ringing to say, we've just arrived with a whole lot of dollars, come and get them. And you guys will be able to manage and mitigate that risk. With pleasure. Any time at all. Great. Dred, please give out your website address and your phone numbers. It's www.securedrive.co.za. Right. And our office line is Johannesburg 11 9502. Jared, thank you so much for coming on and uh, we look forward to speaking to you in the future.
Thanks for your time, Avi. Much appreciated. Great. That was Jared Higgins from the um, Arcfire Group, and that's spelled A-R-C-F-Y-R-E, but the company here locally is called Secure Drive. And just to let you know, just before you go, there are more specials from Pick and Bay. You can get Lancewood Cottage Cheese and that's the smooth cream cheese, 250 grams. It was 30 rand 25. It's now 23.99. That's, that's like six bucks off the price. Pick and pay sunflower oil, two liters was 39.99 is now 29 rand. That's 10 rand cheaper. Baxburg kosher kiddish red wine, 85.75 is now 75 bucks. And pick and pay onions, two kilograms was 29.99 is now 22 rand and that's only in pick and pay harper norwood and it's only valid till the 18th of may thank you so much for listening thank you so much for joining us next week as i promised early on we'll have wayne mccurry in studio wayne is just the fountain of knowledge when it comes to macroeconomic uh, variables i really want to look at what's happening around the world i want to look at what's happening with the currency and I, I do want to touch on the, the terrible events that happened yesterday in Israel on the Gaza border where people lost their lives. It's always regrettable and it's something that we should avoid at any cost. Um, and I just want to see how that impacts because it always have a, has a ripple effect. And whether it's a, a ripple effect that is just emotional and it will pass or whether it has a real effect on the economy simply because Iran is involved. Um, when it comes to the Middle East and with oil production, we want to see how that works. Thanks for joining us, Craig. Thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.